Welcome to the Perry Ritchie Group Podcast, bringing our communities the latest in wealth strategies, ideas, and updates on the capital market to keep you informed and confident. Listen in on conversations with our advisors and industry leaders around the country who are changing the landscape of their businesses. This is the Perry Ritchie Group Podcast. February Perry Ritchie podcast. This is Sean Perry. I'm the host today. We are coming to you with a special episode. Uh, we I have with me the advisor team, uh, the main partners, myself, Drew Ritchie, Andrew Boyles, and Josh Marson. And our conversation today is going to be around what we are learning. So that's a title we had to a previous podcast, and we thought it'd be fun to talk about 2022 as we are just not long away from that. So what are some things we learned in 2022? What were some favorite books we read? And then looking into 2023, what are some personal goals that we have? What are ways that we're stretching ourselves? Our mission statement here at the Perry Ritchie Group is we exist to care for our clients, teammates, and community with compassion and excellence. And when I think about the word excellence, I think that's a great transition into this discussion today. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey, thanks, thanks for Sean. having us. No problem. So I sent out an outline ahead of time to get everybody's thinking. And uh, the first topic was, what life lessons did 2022 present? A little philosophical, but what what did you learn? What were some things that you took away from 2022 that you might think was helpful and be interesting to share to our community? I don't mind to start. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. That's great. So, <clears throat> 2022, um, it was a crazy year, you know, and it was crazy in the markets. It was crazy um, in the economy. We had crazy elections. It was just, it was, it was different. It felt like, and it was different post COVID. Um, you know, we, we thought that 2020 was going to be the year that things were just, you know, kind of almost like this inflection point of, in time where there was this pre-COVID and post-COVID state, but, but the markets were fine, right? And we were, uh, we all know people that got sick and, you know, but we were ultimately safe. And then 21, things reopened and the markets were fine. The economy's booming. And then, and then it's almost like it caught up to us. And I feel like, more than any other time in my professional career, um, so you know, 15, 20-year period, it seems like um, over the last kind of as the year wound down, there wasn't this natural break uh, between years. It was almost like um, it, it, this rush of how much as a society, how much as a team, as a company that we can cram into one year and then start another one over. And uh you know, in America, we have this this stigma, really, of if we're not getting bigger, then something's wrong, all right? If the economy's not growing by some percentage, if we're not bigger every single year, then we're taking baby steps or we're going backwards in time. And, and, and that's not, it's just an observation of, I wonder why that people are so satisfied with where they are now that we have to continue stepping up the bar um, before uh, before we're happy, and then we think that's going to make us happy. So, yeah, it is philosophical. That's an observation that I've had from last year. Um, and I can tell you that, you know, 
change happens no matter no matter what it is in our personal lives, our families and our business and our relationships. We we've changed a lot as a team over the last decade. We've changed a lot over the last two years. One of the things that we made as an observation this last year, uh, we oftentimes joke about our team photo. When we take a team photo, we're like, how long is this one going to last? Longer? This is going to be our team for a long time. And we noticed that we, we've, we've kind of back calculated that we haven't started the year and ended the year with the exact same folks here since 2014, I think. And that's crazy. It doesn't seem like that much change. But um, not changing is not the goal, right? Like keeping things the same is not the goal that we have. Um, but managing that change and making sure that those changes are for the good and learning as we go through change is just something I want to be more intentional about because uh, change is going to happen whether we take the time to, to do that or not. Is that a little much? Who wants to follow that one up? No, that was good. And I, I mean, I agree with everything you said. For me, it was it was similar last year, personally and professionally, which I'll say personally, it was a, a, a race I was training for. So the year before I had, uh, so this would have been 2021, I had trained for quite a while for a, a half Ironman race. And the, the outcome was not what I expected it to be. Um, so thanks to Drew here. Um, I, I got back on the horse and, and made another attempt at it. And so was able to complete that race last May. But so personally, that just race, just would you just tell what it was? Yeah. So it was a, it was a half Ironman race. So it was a 1.2 mile swim, a f- 56 mile bike ride, and then a half marathon. So that's 13.1 miles. So, uh, there's in October of 21, just, just an issue. And I, I had to exit the race within the first 20 or 30 minutes. So pre- pretty challenging just for, from somebody that, you know, typically, I, you know, work towards something and, and like to see, you know, the res- the fruit of that effort and it just didn't happen. So last year, just facing that challenge and, and going through that personally was, was rewarding to, to get to the other side of that and finally accomplish that. And then professionally, as you were alluding to just the market, just the volatility that, that we experience is, it's challenging. It's challenging intellectually. Just how do we navigate this? It's challenging emotionally. How do we care for our clients through this? How do we care for our teammates? Going back to our, our vision statement. So I'm going to bleed two into one here. So I read a really great book last year called the secret society, secret society of success uh, by Tim Sherman. And he, he had a quote in here that was really good uh, specifically about challenges. And he said that challenges make us grateful Challenges reveal our need to learn and develop. Challenges show us who we can rely on and who we can't. Challenges deepen our empathy for others. Challenges put our priorities in order. And challenges keep us humble. I think that's a a great reminder just, again, personally and professionally last year of just when things aren't what we expect them to be or when they aren't easy, there are still good things that can come from that if we're intentional about it. That's great. I think I'd shared that um, 2022 for me was was this year where is, is when I think of, when I say this out loud, it kind of seems silly, but this is my 23rd year in the industry, and last year was the year where I I think it really dawned on me, or or maybe I felt just the significance of the role that we can play in clients' lives. I had a couple of clients that were um, 
that had some issues sort of transitioning to retirement. Um, I had some other clients that really like leaned on me for some personal matters. And I, I think it was just this takeaway that we play such a significant role in people's lives. And it's almost humorous because you're, you're out at a, a function or something and somebody will still say like, Oh, you're a stockbroker. And I just kind of giggle on the inside. Cause like, it's the last thing I think about myself. I never think about myself in that way. One, we don't use that term at all. Anyway, we would say we're private wealth advisors, but more so we ended up becoming friends and confidants and sometimes therapists. And we just, we play a significant role in people's lives. And I don't know what it was about 22 probably a lot of the things that you both alluded to already, but there was something about 22 that for me, just the weight of that. And it wasn't like, I don't know that I really celebrated it. It was more of like, man, this is heavy. We, um, we've got a lot of people depending on us internally, externally, uh, and our families. And it's, it's heavy. It's a, it's a big job. So it, it is heavy and it, and it's not something <clears throat> to, um, shy away from but something to you know lean into I think and I think the four of us do that I I have um in the past I can't tell you exactly what this number is now but totaled the number of people that count on us to keep our business growing and functioning and you know aside from the clients just the team members we have here employees and and, and dependents and it's something like thir- you know 30 35 people that count on us to manage, grow, and sustain our business through what was one of the most challenging markets, the seventh worst stock market since the Great Depression and the worst bond market since the Great Depression. And, um, you know, everybody has the same expectations in their jobs. And it's it's a lot. A thought that uh, came to me, you said, you know, people, well, they don't really know what we do day-to-day much and in the the depth of the relationships we have in so many clients' lives. And that's well-earned, really, from our industry because we see these, our colleagues, uh, other advisors or other personal, you know, service providers, and they'll say, how many cases did you open this week, Sean? You know, like, how, what's your commission run looking like? You know, silly stuff. We don't even really know what that means. Um, but it's a, it's just a, it's a stigma. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned, Sean, just the role that we play in clients' lives, and you said we are private wealth advisors, our official titles are financial advisors, but we really, and you, Drew, said lean into to that, and I would say we're we're just advisors because oftentimes in our meetings, some of the things that we advise on are just around other things other than stocks and bonds and accounts, and we, when those things come up in meetings, we do try to lean into those and not... You know, some people may try to put those under the rug and, and avoid them because they don't want to get, you know, in the weeds or, or in that aspect of, of clients' lives. But I think we try to because we, we do care. We do want to build those relationships. I think for for me, 22 was personally and professionally a, a year of discipline. Um, obviously, from a discipline standpoint of, uh, I embarked on the, the CFP last year. Um, I've taken plenty of licensing exams, accreditations in my life. And in last year, um, it's different when you have a young family and you have a, a practice that you go to work every day. You get home, you take care of your loving family. 
Uh, it's about time to set down for the evening. And guess what? Time to go to the office and study. Um, and if you do that over and over and over, there becomes a point with anybody where you're like, man, I'm tired or maybe not tonight. And that extreme discipline is, is I, I was extremely proud of myself because I held to it. Uh, there were not nights where I was like, man, I should, it'd be so nice just to take off. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm just, I'm going to run it hard. And it, it paid off. The same thing on our, our business side is when I looked at the markets and the economics last year, you know, the markets were, were horrible. They were nauseating. And, and that discipline had to be set in place because the year before they were great. The year before that was COVID. So it's just up and down, left and right. And I'd heard somebody say early last year that, hey, look, you had a great plan set in place six months ago. It's still a great plan today. It's just the markets are gyrating. They move up and down. So you have to, uh, what I call, hold the line. You got to be disciplined. You got to understand that your plan is still a good plan. It's just the weather looks a little different. So I'd say, you know, a year of, of discipline just all around. Well, it's interesting transition because one of the other things we were going to talk about was like ways we grew in 2022. And the word I wrote down for myself was discipline. And it seems like a, a little thing. And is, but one of the main things I did last year was I went a whole year without drinking a soda. And I didn't really drink that many Cokes before, but going a whole year without drinking one was for me quite, I mean, it was quite an accomplishment. And I think what I love most about our group is we're all pretty serious about stuff. And uh, while I think there are areas in my life that I challenge you guys, you guys challenge me in these other ways, like being more disciplined about my fitness or being more disciplined about sodas and those kind of things. So that was an area where I really grew. And I think I grew because one, I told you I wasn't going to do it. So I couldn't do it. But two, I see you guys like take your, your, you take your body seriously. You take your health seriously. And I, as I, the older I get, I want to be around for a long time. So I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I, I think people would like to know this and, and we haven't always done this. We we've, we've made it a practice um, recently and, 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 and kind of dabbled, but let, let me just dive into it. But the, the four of us plus Claire and Brooke uh, also on our advisor team, uh, we went this year through a goal setting process where we, we asked that everyone think through what their goals are personally and professionally for 2023. And then we talk about these all the time. We, we have a document that Sean has his, I have mine, Andrew has his, and then they're, uh, and, and all of us, they're consolidated so we can see, I know exactly what Josh's personal and professional goals are for this year. And guess what? I, I We check in on them, right? We talk about them. Uh, we say iron sharpens iron. Um, and, and I don't, you know, we don't require people have personal goals. But when I think about that, um, people ask me a lot recently about my New Year's resolutions for the year. What do you, which typically means what do you want to stop doing? Within right? 30 days, right? Yeah, within yeah. 30 days. And but if you make it past January 18th, you're pretty good. That's when most people, I read most people fail by January 18th. And it's 21 mm -hmm. days to be a habit. So they're just, yep. they just barely missed they're it. They're almost there. <laughs> they barely missed it. Um, but, you know, I don't, 
I've found found that it's infinitely easier to try to develop new good habits than to eliminate bad ones. If you add good ones that um, prohibit bad ones from happening, then it it just it tends to be it tends to work out better, right? So um, anyway, we've all gone through that process. Most people don't have goals; they don't have plans and a calendar for the year and all these things they're shooting for. And I think that's one thing that's unique about our group is that we all do that. We encourage that. We publish it. We talk about it. And it's, it's an expectation of being a part of this team. Um, otherwise you, you can be a part of another team that maybe, you know, just wants a paycheck at the end of the week, but they don't want to grow and challenge themselves. So it's something that makes us different for sure. Sean, are you continuing your no sodas or are you adding anything to that for 2023? That's a good question, Andrew. I, as I was ending 2022, I thought to myself, after going a whole year without drinking a soda, why would I celebrate by drinking a bunch of sodas? So, yes, I'm rolling that one over to 2023 and adding one if you know me, know that this is a very significant one. I, I started the year saying I wasn't going to eat any sweets, and this is my definition, not Drew's, and there's there's another story behind that. But any cooks, cookies, brownies, ice cream, candy bars. Desserts. Desserts. Hard candies. <laughs> I had a lifesaver, and Drew tried to, like, put me over the coals <laughs> over it. So we're going to pass on it. Anything that makes my breath smell better is okay. Um, but I – I said I was going to go the month of January, and then I thought, why am I going to celebrate on February 1st by eating a bunch of stuff that was that was hard to get over? The first 20 days is just brutal for me. So anyway, I said I was going to go, I'm going the whole year without eating any desserts. And, awesome. and and I'll I'm, I'll debate you on the category, I guess, if you want. It's your journey. We'll have a separate podcast episode for our definition of sweets. <laughs> Speaking of 2023, I think we talked a little bit about some goals. You know, the, mm-hmm. that was one of mine. Another one that I had is to complete my Bible reading plan. I usually get to about Leviticus and take this massive nosedive into a guilt-ridden, I just can't catch up. But, but it's my understanding that Andrew Boyles did complete the Bible reading plan last year. Is that, is that true? That's right. Man, that's impressive. I'm currently three weeks ahead, so I'm trying to keep myself from being behind. Was it on Audible or what? No. So there was um, – That's Yeah, just a, a little side. I listen to a lot of books, and they my, – my guys here say that doesn't really – That's a, that's another episode. It's like an asterisk. I'm not willing to it. fight about that one right now. Consume. Right. <laughs> yeah, so – It's impressive, Andrew. It was, yeah, actually reading, but there were more difficult parts – where I would do a, what I would call a hybrid. So I would put in my headphones and have it play and listen to it as I was reading it because I just found that helped me stay stay along, uh, stay focused more. Um, but there were parts that were obviously easier to get through. But I think it was September, October, I got where I was 30 days behind. And that was usually the point in the year where it, it just goes. But, you know, I just remembered – because of conversations that we had had here of if it was important to me in January and if it was important to me a year ago, then I should, I should just suck it up and do it. And so for me, I had 
faith is a big part of my life. So I, I think that I had probably read the entire Bible, just not at one time or not in a specific time period. But for me, it was important to to finally say I could do that. If if it's as important as it says it is, as I say it is. Yeah, Leviticus and Numbers can can uh, distract you at times for sure. Speaking of, like in 2022, one of the things we were going to talk about is like books we read. Andrew, you mentioned a book uh, that you read, but I really just like general category of learning books, podcasts, quotes, anything in those categories that you think was helpful, that you really enjoyed, something that you think you, you might want to share with others that could help them. I can start there. Um, so one book was last year, one I'm currently reading, but American Buffalo by Steve Ranella. Uh, I like to consume periodicals or reading um, in subjects that are outside of what I do day to day. It kind of breaks um, it. I call it thinking from the other side of my brain. Um, I've read books on blood before, which I don't have a lot of interest in, but it was interesting. So Steve Ranella, American Buffalo, a story about a guy uh, that went on a buffalo hunt, a very coveted tag in Alaska. There's a lot of history behind the American Buffalo. Uh, Excellent book. And then right now I'm reading uh, One Man's Wilderness, which is a story about a gentleman, I believe in the uh, 40s or 50s, moved to Alaska, uh, built a home lived there 30 years and that was the end of it. So it just talks about, you know, living in the back country wilderness of Alaska, which sounds great in theory, but I'm not sure after 30 days of um, some of our amenities that we have, how that would end up. So that's really what I'm reading right now. Of course, a quote um, that I've, I've loved for years is don't gain the world and lose your soul. Wisdom is better than silver or gold. Uh, I believe that's a Bob Marley quote. So that'd be for another episode as well. But um, he could he could have stole that one. <clears throat> I, I think he may have <clears throat> gotten that one from King James or somewhere. <laughs> of some kingly <laughs> type of gentleman. So um, I think his was a different version. Either way, it's a great quote, whoever came up with it. So. I read a couple that I think were, were worth sharing. One was called In the Heart of the Sea, and a friend had given it to me uh, some years ago, but it's about the whale ship Essex, E-S-S-E-S-S-E-X. And not to give away too much of the story, but it was a, there was a, there was a, the boat they were on sank, and uh, a number of people died, and then there was people that were shipwrecked, and they got separated into different boats, and a few of them, ended up making it, but it was a pretty crazy story and ended up through reading that figured out that that was, uh, that story was the story that was the impetus for, um, Melville to write Moby Dick. Mm -hmm. So that's a book that I haven't read. And so I've added that to my 2023 reading list. Can I ask a question on that? Um, cause I I knew you had, were gonna like wanted to read some classics like that. I think that's fascinating. Not a goal I have this year, maybe long term. So how do you how would you categorize that? Because that wasn't a fiction book, but it was definitely a human interest. Like, I just more in the history category. I've been just going deep into history okay. stuff lately. So, um, 
It's but history, but it's still it's a also, story that's a maybe story. true, maybe not true, maybe historical fiction type. It's, it's definitely one of those that you, it's one of a few books where you, you're reading it and you have to remind yourself that this really happened. The other one is Endurance, which is about Shackleford's exploration of Antarctica. Crazy story. And you just have to con- like remind yourself this really happened. Like this sounds like it. there's no way this could happen. Um, sounds like a movie. It does, yeah. And the other one was a, a book that was completely different than that, but it was called The Day the World Came to Town. And last year I read a book on 9-11, and this is connected to 9-11, and it's based in Gander, Newfoundland. I think that's how you say that. And it's a town that all the international flights that were coming into the U.S. when 9-11, when America shut down their airspace, planes had to land somewhere else. And this town of Gander, Newfoundland, was about a 5,000 people population and about 10,000 people landed there within a couple-hour period. Uh, So the town doubled in size, and it's about how the town responded to these strangers and just the relationship that were built. And it was just a great view on humanity. It was really really encouraging. Um, Both of those 9-11 books, my wife said that it was one of the few times she'd see me cry. And I think for for completely different reasons too. So um, those are great books. And from a quote standpoint, I've got two I've been carrying around. One of them is um, a Socrates quote that says, fellow citizens, why do you burn and scrape every stone to gather wealth and take so little care of your children to whom you must relinquish it all? And the other one that I think is connected to that is says, fame is making yourself accessible to a bunch of people you don't really care about at the expense of those that you do. Uh, that's a pastor named J.D. Greer. But both of those are just reminders to myself of keeping the the most important things the most important. Anybody else? Podcasts? I'll share a couple um, things that, that I'm reading or, or I've learned, learned about over the course of last year. Um, I like historical fiction. Um, I've gotten in the last you know, three or four years, I've started reading fiction books. Um, and I've never read fiction. Uh, admittedly, I felt like kind of in my twenties out of college felt like there's probably something more productive I can do than, you know, read a storybook. Um, but, uh, to Josh's point, we need a release sometimes. And I don't watch much TV. I, I don't, I just, I'm just not a guy that goes home and sits on the couch and watches TV. I rarely turn it on until, 9.30 or 10 o'clock when the kids are, you know, in bed or whatever, and that's tends to be whatever my wife's watching. So reading some fiction books, I don't, I don't, you know, everybody has their own taste in that. I'm not going to necessarily share any of that. But um, a couple of books that I thought were really fascinating, David McCullough's books are, you know, he died this last year, but just such a um, kind of celebrated, per, you know, historical figure uh, writing about history. Um not fiction, but in the form of a story. So the path between the seas is a story about how the Panama Canal was built um, over a 25-year period or so. Just just an incredible thing uh, to read about and read, you know, what went into that and, and how we, we don't even know how many people sacrificed their lives so that we could have amenities like that. And today, uh, a quote that we use a lot here is, uh, if I've seen further, it's because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, which is Sir Isaac Newton quote. But we we uh, 
I attribute that a lot to our founder, Mike Jennings. We talk a lot about him in that. So um, anyway, some historical fiction there. And um, I've, I've also read a book that I've recommended to a lot of people. Um, I'm an economics major in school, so I find like the whole capital markets and, and economics part very fascinating of what we do in a book that a coaching program was really promoting uh, to us. It's called The End of the World is Just the Beginning, but it's around the history and the development of the whole economic cycle from the beginning of time, from a barter system to a monetary system to deep water trade to transportation, and and then it goes on to projecting what does the next 10 or 20 years look like as far as demographics and economics around the world go. So that's a listen, Andrew. That was an audible for me. I didn't I didn't get through the whole 30 hours uh, on my own reading every word, but... Yeah, that was a fascinating book for me. 30 hours? Yeah, some of them are pretty long. It, yeah. That was a long one. Well, we've been speaking a long one. This is a little longer episode than normal for us. I think we're pushing 27, 28 minutes. So we wanted to come together just as a end of the year and just share some nuggets. And we don't get to do that. We don't do this really as a group much. So it, it forced us to get our thoughts together and even share uh, amongst the four of us the things that we're learning. So if you're out there and you've got books you think would be interesting for us to read, we know a lot of our clients are readers. Please share those things with us. And um, thanks for tuning in for us this February for our special podcast. And it won't be long before we'll be back for our March Roundtable. Thank you very much. This podcast is intended for information and educational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. The information is considered to be from reliable resources, but its accuracy is not guaranteed. The opinions expressed are those of the show's host and guest and are not necessarily those of Robert W. Baird & Company, Inc. Baird does not offer tax or legal advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Inc., a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor member, member FINRA and SIPC. Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated.